This is Carrie Kampakis, and you're listening to the Girl Mom Podcast. Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today, I'm bringing back two previous guests who are getting married this February. And it's already clear what a force for goodness these two will be in building God's kingdom. It's been said that when it comes to weddings, a couple could spend between 200 and 300 hours planning for a wedding. But what we don't stop to consider is how the average couple probably doesn't spend 10 hours planning for their marriage. And that's the part that's going to last more than a day. Marriage is hard, but because we live in a world where priorities tend to get a little mixed up, Couples often pour a ton of energy and money into a wedding that will only last for a weekend while giving little thought to the actual marriage that's meant to last for a lifetime. Any long-term relationship is going to have ups and downs. That is a fact, and it's just a reflection of the broken world we live in. But when couples learn early how to talk through conflict and have healthy communication, the chance of their marriage making it is greatly enhanced. In fact, John Gottman, America's top couples therapist, says that the number one predictor of whether a marriage will last is how well a couple can work through conflict. And today we're going to talk about having those hard conversations that you need to have as spouses and dealing with the inevitable differences in opinions. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen and share this episode with friends. Also, I have started a new community on Substack where I'll be sharing new articles, new downloads, and new content, and also connecting my most loyal readers to each other. And I'd be honored for you to join me as a free subscriber or as a paid subscriber so that you can engage in the comments and personally with me. You can find the link to my Substack in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. So Mary Lauren and Will, we were joking before we started recording that we should have a fourth microphone here and have brought Harry into the conversation (laughs) because we could have a lot to say about conflict in marriage after 25 years. um, Yeah, it's just it's just, you know, it's just part of any relationship and learning how to do it well. And for us, you know, we were both middle children and you don't realize how you bring your your sibling dynamic into your relationship. Mm -hmm. Like neither one of us like conflict. So Mm -hmm. our probably natural tendency would just be to push things under the rug and not yeah. talk about it. But that's really what I did a lot growing up was like you just kind of bottled it up. It, yeah. You know, when you're that personality, it always comes out sideways or right. it'll be resentment or grudges or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just I feel like with, in, in the conflict department, people either tend to blow up and, you know, blame other people or they tend to internalize it and just put it on themselves. Yeah. And so, and so I'd love to hear what you two have to say on this topic, especially as you're preparing for marriage and you're thinking about these things that you know are going to be part of any long-term relationship, but especially one like marriage. Yeah, I love this topic because I feel like a lot of people shy away from conflict because they've seen it handled in a dysfunctional way. So it can be easy for people to associate it with um, with disunity or with strife or with um, separation. But the way my family handled it, we were just like, (laughs) my parents would like get into it in front of us and not saying that we did it perfectly, but we would talk about things. Mm -hmm. Like my parents modeled for us that, you know, if there's a problem that you can like share how you feel and we can talk about it. It's not like just this explosive, everyone's pointing fingers at each other, which that has definitely happened too with my siblings. (laughs) But I think that I had to realize that, you know, conflict can, can create unity 
it can, it's not a matter of if conflict happens, it's when it happens and how you can handle it is such, can be such a gift. Um, and something Will and I have talked about, I'm like, it's so easy to get defensive and to want to like, just like you think your way is right. The way your family handles it or the way that, um, you see the situation, both you, it's easy to get defensive about in both ways, but for the goal to be close rather than being right has been the biggest thing that's helped me. Like my goal is to be close to Will, close to my mom, close to my brothers, not right. Like I'd rather be close and wrong than right and estranged from my friends and family. Um, That's helped us a lot. And I think for most of my life, my goal has been to be right Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to being close. And like I've just, in, in dating her, like, and then now being engaged to her, that has been, like the first time she said that, it like blew my mind. I was like, wow, like I want to be close to you too. Like that's crazy, you know. Um, but yeah, I think my what's different about our families too, and I love that you said that, that you bring your families, even if they're not there, you bring them with you. Mm-hmm. Like my parents, they modeled like an impenetrable unit of like mom and dad. You cannot like break them apart. You cannot crack them. So like, yes. and Same that was, with my parents. Yeah. 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 But because like, kids know, like I can go get mom yeah. on my team here, even if dad is exactly, saying yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so the way that they did that was like, they handled conflict among themselves and like, mm-hmm. so we didn't see it as much and not that that was wrong either, but it's just like they, they chose to like do that in private. And, right. and so, and now we, us being together, obviously we have like been brought up differently, but We've never experienced conflict with those, so. Exactly, yeah. Whenever <laughs> it happens, right. it'll be. Perfect communication. <laughs> perfect con- That's right. Perfect resolution. But it, it, it's grown me and stretched me so much because Mary Lauren, whenever she feels something or whenever I, like, offend her or wrong her, she typically wants to talk about it, like, pretty quickly, like, sometime soon. Um, and whereas for me, my instinct is to kind of feel it, hold on to it, press it down, forget about it, and then it affects me weeks later or days later and I don't even know it's affecting me that like I'm bringing all this other stuff with me and it has really been it's been one of the biggest ways I've grown I think so far of like being so stretched to just tell her how I feel like when I'm not just when it's amazing usually I just I feel great like almost all the time like this is so cool this is so fun but like when I am upset or like when I am hurt or whatever telling her that it is not my nature to just like bring it up out of the blue. And mm-hmm. so I've, I think that's been a really like stretching and growing thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that Harry and I had, and you look, you look back and you realize that was such a gift, but our first year of marriage, I guess it was our first year and a half of marriage. We both went back and got our MBA at, in Tuscaloosa. So every other weekend we were driving to Tuscaloosa for the MBA program. And, you know, we, we never really fought like not down drag out fights. We never had big fights, but we would, you know, had, disagreements or things that we knew would be like our issues you know and we knew it going into marriage like what we thought would be our issues is kind of like the things you fight about especially in those first few years um and I remember being so scared when I would be upset or frustrated I remember being so scared to say something because I'm like what if he wants to divorce me you know in my head you're thinking all these things like but it was such a gift because um I remember learning in psychology one time they said the best place to have a hard conversation is in the car because they said if you're looking at somebody sometimes you can't be as honest because you're going to start telling them what they want to hear and so when you're in the car it's just a safer zone especially so I do this a lot with my kids and it's a good technique 
make if you're if you're raising kids, especially those difficult, crazy, awkward conversations. Like, do it in the car. It's less awkward if they're not having to look at you. And sometimes they'll be more honest. But that car time really became, you know, if I had something out, and I'm kind of like you, Will, more, if there's something that bothers me, I kind of want to think about it first. Like, you know, is this mm-hmm. something I should even mention? I kind of have to process it a little bit before I want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, like, use those car times. Like, okay, this is kind of bothering me. And it's so hard. But as you get more comfortable having those conversations and you realize mm-hmm. they're not going to leave me, they still love me. Yeah. And then you resolve it or kind of work through it to a point you both can get to that happy to that point. It does make you stronger, but um, but I always thought that was a good that was a good tip is just to, to use that car time. You know, if, maybe if there's a trip or you know if you want to have that conversation, it's really difficult. Think about okay, we're going to be in the car for two hours on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Just praying about the timing of the conversation can sometimes make a difference. And because Will and I are wired so differently, you know, I I'm the kind of person if something's wrong, I want to like fully acknowledge it, fully talk about it, and then move on. Like there have been so many times we have a hard conversation and I like completely forget about like what we just talked about, feel nothing but joy in my heart, you know, but like sometimes things could like linger, you know, in Will's heart and mine. And I could have said something that like offended him or hurt his feelings. Like I can be pretty insensitive and knowing Will now, like I had to learn this while we were dating is like, um, it's healthy to bring things up, but I could be more gentle about it. You know, like I could... I could wait a little bit longer. I try to be prayerful. I'm like, Lord, is this like going to be life-giving to us and to him? Or is this something I should just like die to myself? You know, like it wasn't that big of a deal. And that's something that the Lord will lead you on. And there are 90% of the time, it's something I just need to die to myself and be like, hey, or like once I've already settled it with the Lord being like, hey, Will, just letting you know that bothered me. But I know like this was your heart. Like just asking your question, asking the question, like what's at the heart of that? We've talked about that before, Miss Carrie. Just knowing, like, okay, Will's heart for me is pure. You know, like, his, all he wants is the best for me. You know, like, in no way is he trying to, like, embarrass me. or um, And I know that. Like, I have not one doubt about that in my mind. And it can be easy if I've noticed something that seemed a little bit off color. It can be easy, like, I guess for it to feel accusing of, like, I'm accusing you um, of, like, not just doing this, but being this way, hmm. like that's when you have to be careful. It's like, well, like I'm so grateful for the way you blank. In this one moment, it kind of seemed like this, but I reminded myself like that's that wasn't your heart, but I just wanted you to be aware. Like there's such a difference, like accusing someone about who they are and then something they did that like did not agree or align with who they are. Yes, and I think I think that old. I think everybody has been part of an organization or a business where it's like, okay, if you have something negative to say, do the pro con pro. Yeah. But it's so affirmation true. Affirmation sandwich. Uh, the affirmation <laughs> sandwich is so true. But I'm like, I've been sharing this with girls. Okay. Like, you know, say your friend uh, hurts your feelings or she teases you in front of people, whatever. Like, yeah. instead of calling her out in front of people, maybe say like, okay, like I know, like I love you mm-hmm. and I love our friendship. And, you know, I don't think you realize this, but it yeah. hurts my feelings. Even if I'm laughing along, it kind of yeah. hurts my feelings that you're doing this and I don't think you realize it because I don't think you would do it like giving them the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. rather than I can't believe you did that you know because we start off accusing somebody then all of a sudden you know we're going to get defensive it's so funny too because Will and I have been talking recently about starting our own podcast called in the light just based on first John 1 7 that talks about if we walk in the light as he is in the light we'll have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son will cleanse us from all right from all sin um, from all unrighteousness. And it's funny too, cause we just want to talk about the reality that when things are in the dark, like, like bacteria, 
they can fester and grow and affect other things. But the second we bring things to the light, it's like Satan loses his power and we give God room to like work with it. And so we talk about it in dating of how healthy and life-giving it is to bring things to the light, but also just in our spiritual life, like how healthy it is to confess sin to one another and to pray for each other so we can be healed, like James says. But it's hilarious because as we started planning for this podcast called In the Light, we have never been tested more to live in the light. Yeah. I mean, like there have been so many times where I'll notice something and I'm so tempted just to let it like harbor in my heart mm-hmm. and grow and to just hold things against him that he doesn't even know. And all of a sudden I'm like sassing him and he's like, what? Like, what's the problem? And I'm like, it actually was about something you said three days ago. You know, like, it's just <laughs> like, I've been more tempted than in my entire life the past few weeks since we started talking about it. Yeah. I mean, people don't like to hear about the enemy, but the enemy is real. And especially Mm. in marriage, I think that that is one relationship that he just, he would love to destroy. You know, I just, Harry and I talk about it too, that we, we talk about this all the time. Like when we feel frustrated with each other, Mm -hmm. like when want to go to that dark day, he always does this or she always does this. And Mm -hmm. you can really spiral there. And he said it too, that, you know, we know sometimes we have to do that heart check and be like, okay, that is the devil. You know, that yeah. is the yeah. devil trying to get into the, our relationship because yeah. he doesn't want strong marriages. He right. he wants conflict and div- division. The, the Greek word for devil is diablos. And I think if we're so aware of that, you know that most conflict is caused by the enemy, you yeah. know, and he wants to find any little foothold in there, yeah. which is why our faith and living in the light and knowing truth and knowing each other's character and giving each other the benefit of the doubt, it is yeah. so important. I have a story to tell too because Will and I got engaged recently and (laughs) I had zero idea it was about to happen. But the week we got engaged, I was having like terrible dreams. Like honestly like night terrors. Like I've never had dreams like this where I wake up like kind of feeling paralyzed and Mm -hmm. so anxious. And they were all about Will's past. Like I was having dreams that like things were coming up. Well, I was having dreams that like there was all this hidden stuff that wasn't revealed, that he wasn't being honest with me. There were other girls, all this stuff that did not agree with truth at all. I mean, Will is so set free. It's not even funny. And like everything in his life testifies to that reality that he's been set free. And so I knew it was a lie. And again, talking about spiritual attack, not believing those are real doesn't make them not happen, you know, but I also know that we have power the triple and six and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy that he's given us authority that no weapon formed against us will prosper that the one who's in us is greater than the one who's in the world like there's no fear because like you said perfect love casts out fear and there's yeah i mean we have all the authority jesus has all the authority in heaven on earth and under the earth and so i say all of this under that covering but i told will the friday night before we got engaged which again i had no idea we were getting engaged that the next day and i was like will i just want to tell you this like I've been having terrible dreams all week and I think it's an attack because I know that it's all lies and I'm really just telling you not to like, you know, get into an argument just to t- just so you can know how to be praying for me because I know these things aren't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I was just like, my one question is like, why is this happening now? And, you know, he knows that he's about to propose to me. Right. <laughs> and right. he's like, I just know that the enemy hates that we're dating and um, I'll be praying for you. Like, he was, <laughs> <laughs> was I better not say too much. I, was I like, might please wait 24 hours and, and you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, really. It'll all be revealed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harry has a friend that um, he and his wife, we love this couple, and they they lead, like, couples. Every year they lead a group of couples through, like, a marriage seminar for, like, I think it's like a six-week study. And he was telling his Bible study, he was like, you know, 
the first year, like every year before we start this, we get in the biggest fights. Mm -hmm. And it's like the first time, I mean, it was just like so unlike any fight we'd ever had. We didn't know where it came from. We were so mad at each other. And anyway, but now they've learned to expect it. Like, like now they know that they're okay, that it's coming. Like they can joke about it. Like, mm-hmm. wow. like we're about to do this, this seminar for parents again. We know what's going to come. The enemy's yeah. going to try to attack. Wow. But I think that's such the, um, that is such the blessing of when you are in faith and you are in the word and just aware mm-hmm. of what God wants for you and just able to, I mean, it's work. Faith is, faith is hard work because you've got to constantly re-script that narrative in your mm-hmm. head. And you've got, especially the, the story we tell ourselves about other people. And it's so easy to go down that road. Well, she knew this. Of course, he did this on purpose. Or he's not telling me everything. Like, all of these things, is, you know, it's not from God. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we need discernment. But when you're with somebody that is full of the Spirit and, you know, you can trust that, you know, you've got to really protect that relationship. And like you said, just pray for it and put mm-hmm. on the armor of God. And that's another yes. thing we talked in the last podcast. People don't like to talk about sin, but people yeah. don't like to talk about the enemy either. And I'm yeah. like, right. you're seeing it so clear in this day and age that you better talk about it yeah. because he's he wants to ruin every relationship. Mm-hmm. And I see so many marriages. I mean, it takes two people for a marriage. If even one person's not on board or checks mm-hmm. out, you know, it's, you can't keep it together. Yeah. And I just see so many marriages falling apart in relationships and you just can see the work of the enemy mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. But, right. um, but like y'all were saying, you've got to really talk to your speak truth to yourself and yeah. have people in your life who will help you do that too i mean first peter literally says that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour mm-hmm. and he came to steal and kill and destroy but god came so we could have life life to the full and it's kind of affirming like don't be discouraged if you're being attacked in that way because that just shows that your marriage and your something else in your life that he's attacking is something god wants to use mm-hmm. like that's all that means so after I got engaged to Will, I was kind of like, okay, like it's kind of affirming, like this marriage is going to expand the kingdom yeah. and Satan hates it. Yeah. What do you have to say about that, Will? Let's <laughs> <laughs> hear you. I mean, I just keep thinking about in, in Philippians, Paul's like, in all your relationships have the mindset of Christ. Mm-hmm. And like, that is one thing that I've just learned so much too of, it just requires like a a humility that I'm not capable of in, in human form on myself to have to like just talk about all these things like I want to be so good and I want to be so right all the time and like do things right and do things well and when I let her down and she tells me about it it like grinds against my pride it grinds against all of my fleshly nature to want to be like just the man and like it really does just require like a a humility that mm. comes from something other than us you know like that yeah. like the lord has to provide and i just it's just crazy it's tough mm-hmm. yeah you know and something i read a few years ago that has always stuck with me and i talked about it in love her well book but it's america's top couples therapist his name is john gottman and he and his wife have studied marriages for years it's just their area of research that they're specialized in but he has said that the number one predictor of success in marriage is how well a couple can resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's just something they don't teach you growing up. It's, you know, it's almost like something they sh- that should be required in middle school. <laughs> they should have a resolving conflict class because so many people don't know how. And in this day and age, people just live in, it's an age of disposable friendships or relationships. Well, he made me mad or she made me mad. I'll just write them off and move on to somebody new. Yeah. And, um, you know, but if you're wanting those long-term relationships, like you've got to learn how to resolve conflict or mm-hmm. else you can't have them. And so, you know, let's talk too that for somebody 
there's somebody that's listening and maybe like you want to be better at resolving conflict, but maybe you're like me. Like when I was, like I said, I was kind of the peacemaker. I was number four in my family. And so I just never really learned to express myself because mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to be easy. But, you know, and, um, and I remember dating several guys and they're like, you're the easiest girl I've ever dated, you know, like, cause they mm-hmm. would like, my old girlfriend would complain about so much. Like you just don't gripe about everything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you know, probably part of that was being the fourth child. I wasn't used to getting my way all the time. But also part of it was I was bottling a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. sometimes I'd I'd bring up something that was bothering me and they had no idea. Like, oh, wow, I had no idea. But anyway, one of the boyfriends I dated before Harry, I remember there were things that were bothering me. And I would like say, okay, I'm going to say it tonight. And I just couldn't. I, even though it was bothering me, I could not do it. And I know that somebody listening, that's them. Like that's just so against their nature. They've never done it before. And so I just want to encourage you that if you can't say it out loud, then to write it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way I started doing it. And so so this one boyfriend, I wrote him a seven-page letter. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the first time. And I'm like, talk about that fear. of like uh, He was like, what in the world He's is like, this? He's like, hey, yo. Like, hey, yeah. And I'm like, little did I know. I guess that was foreshadowing of my future career. But I'm like, on a letter, it's kind of like being in a car. It's so much easier when you're not looking at him. But sometimes yeah. it's easier to write it out yeah. than to say it. And I was so scared. But I remember he received it so well. Mm-hmm. He's like, wow, thank you. Like, so anyway, he would laugh. He would kind of tease me during our relationship that he knew, like, whenever he got a letter, he was in trouble. <laughs> so he got a few letters. Oh but gosh. but anyways, it was kind of neat. Like, after we broke up and he was dating somebody and I was dating Harry, I, I saw him, ran into him somewhere. But I remember him telling me how, like, he, he thought that was so neat. And he was like, actually, uh, the girl that he ended up marrying, that he wrote her a letter. And wow. so it was just so neat because wow. it was something I was kind of embarrassed about. I'm like, I feel like I'm three-year-old, that I can't say it. I had to write it. But God even used it for good in his life to yeah. help that relationship. And his wife thought it was so neat that mm-hmm. he did that. Yeah. But the good thing about it for me was that kind of getting into that habit of writing a letter. Like by the time I met Harry, I could say it. And right. so I was in so much of a better position in a yeah. place. And, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking with him, I'm like, I'm not going to bottle it up like I used to. Because mm-hmm. what would happen with people I dated before was I would bottle it up. And then one day I'd want to break up. And they're like, where is this coming from? Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of people do that in relationships because yeah. they don't know how to express it. And it's just easier to end the relationship. Mm-hmm. And and I was I remember when I started dating Harry, I was like, I don't, he's too good to lose you know like I don't want to mess this up like I've got to figure this out but having made those baby steps along the way helped me be brave when it really counted yeah and so I just want to encourage somebody that you might not be there yet but there are little baby steps you can take to learn how to resolve conflict and um, you know it might be for you that you write better than you can think like me so um, and you know especially with your child or if your child wants to tell you something and they can't say it that encourage them to write or encourage them to journal I just think it's a good way to get started and and having those discussions that are difficult, but that really can enhance a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go. Well, and I just, like, when you're thinking about, because I'm that way, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to bring this up. I don't know. I think it's also important to remember that it's not 100% on you, like, for it to go well. You know, like, yeah. when you bring yes. it up, it's also on the person receiving it to, like, show grace and to, like, be able to receive it well. And it is a two, it's a relationship. It's a two-way street. and. Yeah. And if it might not go perfectly, but it also might not be your fault if it doesn't, you know? Right. Yeah. And, like, I love you, Miss Carrie, because you never complained or were nagging. So when you did have something to bring up, it was like he took you so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I need to, like, look at my heart. And, um, like, a practical step for everyone listening is before you acknowledge someone or, like, confront someone with something that's bothering you, like, let the emotions die down before you do it. Like, take a step back, give it time, and pray. Like, ask God to search your heart. 
Um, like I always pray that Lord search me, test me, know my anxious thoughts first, see if there's any offensive way in me, show it to me and then lead me in the way everlasting. Mm -hmm. Cause then you can like go to your boyfriend or spouse, whoever it is and say, first of all, I just want to say sorry for this. Cause I'm sure that affected the way you did this, which actually really hurt me. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a grace over that conversation. Um, because like what you have to say is important. And before, you know, just first things first, like God is the only one who will never let you down. So like if you're holding this person you're dating to the standard of like, he's never going to let me down, you will be disappointed. But when your hope is in the fact that God will never let you down, conflict conversations can actually just be like so life giving because it's, Mm -hmm. you're not like shaking with like sadness and like, you're not devastated because he isn't perfect. You're like, you know, the only person who is perfect and he loves you completely. And then you can tell this person lightly, Hey, like this rubbed me the wrong way. And all of a sudden you end the conversation with like, why do I love you more? Like, (laughs) it's like, like what Will said, it's on both people to handle it the right way. That's so true. And if you bring something up to someone and they respond and just like complete, like, how could you ever think that you're so selfish? That's not on you. Cause what you, how you feel is valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it, it reminds me of an Alcoholics Anonymous. I talk a lot about AA because I have friends who've gone through it, and I'm just kind of fascinated by the 12-step program. And I think there's so many things that they do that are so healthy that we all should really live out, but we just aren't taught the tools. But um, but there's one thing where you have to go to the person and you have to like go apologize to the person, or you have to go you know, maybe say if something hurts you. And but you you work with your sponsor because I forget what step it is. It's not an early. It's one of the later steps, but you have to work with your sponsor because the sponsor can tell you you're not ready to do that yet. Mm-hmm. And so they call it sweeping your side of the street. Like you sweep your side of the street. I like I can't make you forgive me, but I can go apologize. Mm-hmm. Like I can go do my part yeah. that I'm sweeping my side of the street. But mm-hmm. then it's in your court. Like yeah. I've just got to wait for God to work in your heart. And so, um, but you know, some people have wanted to go have that conversation or apologize or have that, but they're like, well, if you go apologize and they don't accept your apology, if it's going to set you back and make you want to drink, you're not ready to go have that conversation. Yeah. Like you've got to be so strong in your walk that you can go and have peace with like, I did my part and mm-hmm. I'm leaving it with them. Yes. And then what happens from there? It's not going to, if they receive it or not, it's mm-hmm. not going to set me back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like scripture says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. So like you're not responsible for someone else's neglecting grace um, or living in unforgiveness. You know, and something else I think that is just so important to remember, especially when you're in marriage, is um, just to remember that you're on the same team. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is so, and again, that goes back to the enemy. But just remember, I have to remind myself of that all the time. Like, we are on the same team. And just knowing the heart of the person that you're with. Yeah. And knowing their personality, you know, Mm -hmm. like, they just didn't think to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. they weren't intentionally trying to do so that true. but uh, there's another saying they say they use this in Alcoholics Anonymous too but it's called Q-tip and it's called quit taking it personally mm. and I'm um, like especially as women I think we can do that so much and so an example would look like I remember going to a birthday party once and she had turned 30 and she was talking about how like the big revelation she had at age 30 she's like I used to go to the grocery store and if I said hi to somebody and they didn't say hi back, I would just go home and just stew on it all day long. <laughs> Took it so personally. And she's like, now I realize they might not have heard me. They might be having a bad day. They might be in their head about something else, like not taking it personally. But I just think like those little things that we do in our life and our heart just to let not be so offendable. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's so 
gets offended over everything, you know, yes. just to give people the benefit of the doubt when possible. You can't yes. always do that, yeah. but when possible, it's just going to help you have those relationships. And, mm-hmm. and also I think with, I want people to give me grace and I better be showing some grace to them, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. those days that I'm off the rails or I'm having a bad day or I lash out or whatever. If I want that grace then, then I better be showing it in yeah. my life too. You just said it. And I, I find myself all the time when we are dealing with conflict, just having to say like to remind myself and telling her and just saying it out loud, like it's better this way. Yeah. Like it's better this way to work <laughs> through it. And it, like, yes. it just really does breed like more intimacy and more like mm-hmm. just like care for one another when you work through those things and you, you do get closer, you know, and, it's better to mm-hmm. to work through stuff like that than to just hold it in, you know? It's yeah. so funny. Like, we'll be so frustrated with each other. And his eyes are closed and his fists are clenched. And he's just like, it's better this way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's, like, convincing himself, like, Lord, is it better this way? It's actually really sweet. Um, and also, like, I, like I, we've never had, like, a huge blowout. But we've no. had, like, now that we're engaged, it's just funny how, like, things have come up where you're like, wow. Like, all of a sudden there's this heightened level of intensity to it because it's not just playtime silly like dating like you will be my husband yeah unless god comes <laughs> back to earth and says do not marry this guy like it's gonna happen and that's so exciting um <laughs> it, it, re- sound exciting. <laughs> it really is <laughs> but miss carrie you made me think of something ephesians 6 that says our battle is not against flesh and blood that's something i have to remember all the time like if i ever think and before will i mean like if i was ever resenting someone like so deeply to the point that like that was what I was thinking about more than like the Lord or the enemy or myself you know I'm like okay I am sinning right now because he promises us that the battle is not against flesh and blood it's against the rulers authorities Mm -hmm. principalities spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms so I think saying what you said in other words that we're on the same team and we have the same enemy Mm -hmm. like the one mm -hmm. yeah oh I didn't mean to cut you I keep going that was a great thought yes no like we're on the same team and we have the same enemy and he the enemy is the one who divides steals kills and destroys so if we can i think a great tactic to handle conflict is just to join forces against him yeah yeah i agree and you know i think about this just from a mom perspective for the moms listening i feel like when there's a child for a child the easiest person to blame is your mom <laughs> that's why moms can sometimes feel like a punching bag because we're the ones who are yes. always there well, you didn't do this or you didn't tell me this. Like, it's just mom is, even when you're 50 years old, you can blame your mom. Well, she never taught me this or she never did this. Like, your mom is the easiest person to blame. So true. But in a marriage, you know, when you're when you're sharing a life with somebody, your spouse is the easiest person to blame. And, mm-hmm. you know, even whatever it is, especially, and I think this is something that I see happen a lot of marriages, and I've, I've kind of started going down that road there too sometimes, is that you're just, if you're unhappy, just to blame your spouse and then to go there. I mean, like an example was when Harry and I got married, we were, I was so happy to finally be with him. We dated long distance. He was living in Huntsville. I had like my life in Birmingham, my family, my job, everything I loved. So I moved to Huntsville and I was so happy to be with him, but I had to like rebuild my life and it just wasn't clicking like it had for me in Birmingham. Like Birmingham, everything just worked out great. And I was just struggling more on other in other ways, just trying to find a job and trying to find my friends. And I just wanted to move back to Birmingham. And we would, I mean, I would cry, like, I want to move back, I want to move back. And at the time, they were in the beer business. They had a family business. And he's like, Carrie, we are here. You know, we we did end up moving back four years later. But in that time, we thought we were there for a lifetime. Mm. 
And I would just find myself resenting him and being mad that he wouldn't do that for me, you know, and it's just, just little things. Like I just realized now such a baby, (laughs) but God (laughs) used that. Like he uses everything to help me grow up and, you know, realize, okay, this is my home. I better grow where I'm planted and make the best of it. And by the time we left four years later, I loved it. I was, I was so happy. We had our friends and we had a great life. And so God taught me so much in that period, but it is so easy to just blame your spouse, you mm-hmm. know, when you're unhappy. And again, you just have to fight it and remember that's not from God. That, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, we have to have, it is good to have con- healthy conflict, you know, and healthy conflict resolution. Yeah. But um, it does take a lot of conversation from both people, you know, to get in that place. And, and Mary Lauren, you raised a great point too. And I think especially as women, I know men can do this too, but we can tend to ruminate. Mm-hmm. And my friends who work with teenage girls talk a lot about that rumination that just those thoughts over and over and over and over and just you know when you're mad at somebody whether it's your boyfriend or your friend like a lot of girls get really stuck there and when you're you know spending more time thinking about that who you hate or who's bugging you or who's annoying you than you are thinking about God then it's not going to lead you to a good place Mm -hmm. and he also says a good tip for all of us is to be quick to listen and slow to speak And like that used to be such a discipline for me, you know, like ever since I was little, people would say, she's such a talker. She's such a talker. Like listening did not come naturally for me. And it's been such a discipline, like throughout middle school, high school and college. And now like I want my first response to be to listen and like to seek to understand, you know, Mm -hmm. like because it can be easy to just like wait for someone to stop talking so you can respond. But it really it's like I want to listen and like understand like Mm -hmm. where you're coming from. And then that informs the way you speak. And that is something Will is so good at. A little affirmation sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so true. It is so true. And I think it's, to me, it's fascinating trying to understand how somebody else thinks. And that's Mm -hmm. such a huge part of marriage is just realizing that like, no, the person doesn't think exactly like you or your friends don't think exactly like you. What hurts my feelings is not going to hurt somebody else's feelings. Right. And yeah. I've even learned that raising girls. I mean, I've got four daughters, but their personalities are all so different. And, uh-huh. you know, I had some that were sensitive and some that weren't. And those were semi-conversations we had to have when they were little. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that you're strong, you're tough, but, like, this hurt your sister's feelings. I know you're tough, so it would not hurt your feelings if somebody said that to you or did that to you. Yeah. But it hurt her feelings, and it's going to hurt other people's feelings. And those are it's such, it was such a great learning opportunity, though, because it's like that's where we learn to go socialize with the world is mm-hmm. in our family unit. Yeah. And so what we are modeling in our marriage and our homes, it's like that's what we're going to take out into the world with those other relationships. So it really does. And, you know, even, I even tell moms, like, you know, sometimes we take more than we should from our kids. And I'm like, you know, Yes, we have to give our kids grace, but we also don't want to be their punching bag. You right. know, like right. it's not this, good for them. It's not good for them and it's not helping them because yeah. okay, maybe right now you're the one they're lashing out at, you know, especially yeah. you hear about that a lot with sons. But yeah. I'm like one day it's going to be their roommate or yeah. their spouse. Like it, they'll still be doing it. You mm-hmm. might not be the one taking it because you're not in the same house, but mm-hmm. if they haven't learned how to resolve conflict in a healthy way, they're going to be hurting somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that like that we've worked through a lot has been not as much of like what I say, but sometimes how I say it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and sh- there's been times where my tone has has been like very unkind, even when I don't mean it. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that like I've been talking like this for 23 years, you know, like to my mom or to my dad or to anybody, and like they, like whether, right, wrong, or indifferent, just have allowed it or not like said anything about it. And then I bring it in to Mary Lauren and she gets like so affected by it sometimes. And I'm just like, 
shoot, what the heck? Like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out, you know? And it is true. Like what you, what you practice is what you will continue to do, you know, and mm-hmm. continue to, yeah. And it's hard because sometimes you'll bring things up and it'll just like cut to the heart and you're like, oh, I totally agree. Like Will told me that. He's like, sometimes you bring things up and it's like, oh, like that's convicting. I needed to hear that. Yeah. And there are other times when I bring something up that feels like it came out of left field and like did seven cartwheels and is swimming over my head before it, like, like I understand what you're talking about. And that's harder to communicate about when it's like, cause he's so good about saying, I have no idea what you're talking about right now, but like, I want to understand. <laughs> I don't like, even remember saying yeah, that. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I've, didn't yeah I do not remember having that tone but this is what I mean about Will's humility he'll be like all right what else and like how else did that make you feel is there anything else on your mind like he'll like humble himself and ask me questions to like keep me talking about how I feel and when someone treats you like that it's like so convicting you're like dang it like do I actually have to say this (laughs) but I don't know it's just sweet because you know when you like are thinking so much about what you want to say that you forget to listen like you're just like oh, I want to make this point. You're like, oh, and then this time we did that. Like, that's a good thing to say. That, like, it's just so freeing when someone sits down, sits you down and is like, all right, just say it. And then, like, and what else? And what else? Yeah. Um, and it's sweet that you give me so much room to process. And I think that's, like, I, I mean, I want, obviously, like, I'm going to be be her husband so like i want (laughs) i want to be as much as humanly possible a safe place for her you know to Mm -hmm. talk about it and that means that's like a big responsibility on me too to be able to receive things gracefully as Mm -hmm. well and that means sometimes maybe she'll say something that she doesn't actually mean but i'd rather that happen than her like hold things in that she needs to say or wants Mm -hmm. to say you know and so like you have to be a really active listener and like ask you know like pursue those types of conversations sometimes and I try to get more like that that's <laughs> so good I know and you know and something else I want to say too is that we're all learning and so sometimes we say things we don't speak the truth in love you know we might speak yes. the truth but it's not said in love Amen. we might be speaking love but it's not really the truth mm-hmm. you know like we're trying to just make them feel good and so you know one thing I've learned too is that God puts people into your life for a reason and that you know, I was very sensitive growing up, but I grew up in a big family and they were very direct, <laughs> you know, but, but I look back and I was like, thank you, God. Like it kind of, I mean, we had lots of love, but sometimes my siblings and I would be very direct with each other, but it really, I feel like toughened me up a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it helped me, it equipped me to handle the world, you yeah. know, because I was so sensitive. I'm like, I could handle, you know, or, you know, my dad was from New York and I know he's a big teddy bear, but like the guy, like a date would come pick me up and I could see his like hand shaking as he's trying to shake my dad's <laughs> hand and my dad's just giving him the look and he's acting intimidating. I'm like, who is this man? Like my dad's so sweet, but he was just intimidating, but he's just got that New York accent, very direct. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it was such a gift in my life because I can handle, I can meet somebody that's like that now and I don't automatically assume that they're a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, my dad's like my dad, like my dad is not going to lie to you. I mean, he's very straight. He's so, lo- he's like a love ninja, so full of love, but he's not going to sugarcoat things and he's not going to just tell you something just because you want to hear it. But I know mm-hmm. I can count on him for the truth. And so it's just neat how like different personalities we all, and then, you know, so my mom was a softer personality and gentle, it, you know, so it's just neat how we need all those different personalities sometimes to soften us and sometimes to toughen us up. And, and even if somebody tells us something that's hurtful, um, you know, Harry or I might say something to each other that's hurtful and you might get kind of angry at the moment. But if your heart is open and you're letting God 
you know, in your heart and you're, you know, say you've had conflict with somebody, you're like, God, okay, reveal to me what you want me to learn in this situation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll realize like, oh, I hate to admit it, but they're actually kind of right there. <laughs> you know, like that's sometimes how we help each other in our walk is that we say those things. We might not say it perfectly, but it was something that needed to be said and mm-hmm. just like trust God's going to work in their heart, even if it didn't go over great it might be something that it's something that needed to be addressed or conversation that needed to be had. And three weeks later, mm-hmm. that person's convicted because they're mm-hmm. like, once I really thought about it, I've realized you were right. Even though I was mad when you told me that. Yeah. And the, again, it's like the line of there are sometimes you just need to die to yourself and like, <laughs> like get over your pride, get over yourself. It's not all about you. Like, but there are other times when you do need to bring something up that hurts your feelings. And, and just remembering that like when someone brings conflict up, and dating it's because they care about you like it's kind of flattering when someone cares enough about you to bring something up that hurt them or that they see wrong in you and I don't think anyone would say I am perfect and I have nothing to improve on like no one would say that but then it's like why do we still get so offended and surprised when someone calls out something in us that isn't perfect mm-hmm. but that just goes to show that we all need to humble ourselves and if you can train yourself to think okay if my boyfriend is saying this to me he cares about me enough to like help me grow and be more like Jesus and that's a blessing it isn't it isn't a it shouldn't be a hindrance or an offense it should be a, we we should view that as a gift Yes. And there's some Tim Keller quote, I can't think of it in the complete form, but it's something like, like a surgeon, a friend will cut you to heal you. Mm. And I was like, there's so much truth to that. Like that that is is a true friend. I mean, and that's such a test because so many friends, like by nature, I want to be that cheerleader friend. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you want to just encourage and affirm, but like, if you truly love somebody, Mm-hmm. If they're making a bad choice or they're on a bad road or, you know, it might be like, I'm just going to say this one time kind of conversation, mm-hmm. but yeah. a true friend is going to want what's best for you long term, yes. you know, even if it means risking that relationship. Right. And, you know, that's hard. That's hard to be that friend or to love somebody like that or your your spouse. But mm-hmm. that's true love. It's like, you know, love wants what's best for a person long term. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we look at it that way, like, OK, is this something that really can help them their well-being? They may not like it now. They may not appreciate yeah. it now. But yeah. in 10 years, will they look back and be like, you know, I'm really thankful she did that. Right. And even I have a friend that she, you know, had a marriage she married a guy that she probably just shouldn't have married but she he lived in a different town she didn't really know him as well as she thought he did and anyway they got married and it was a disaster and what she said later after the fact when she was telling me about it she's like the only person who raised a concern with me was my sister she's like nobody else said anything and now she can appreciate her sister doing that but she didn't listen to her but now she's like why did nobody else say anything and she's like of course i just got mad and i did it anyway and then she ended up being right Right. and so nobody wants most of us don't want to be that person you know and so it's hard it's hard to do to have that conversation where you know it's going to stir up conflict you know right and that's why i think our faith is such a gift because we can go to god and like god this is going to be such a hard conversation but i just ask you to give me the words and to Mm -hmm. to help me say it and just to work in here and just keep guiding us to help us know the next step because you know Mm -hmm. we all want what's best for ourselves but also for other people Mm -hmm. and that's why tone is so important you know there's so much scripture about gentleness like let your gentleness be evident to all like a gentle response turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Like there's just, it's, it'd be really hard for someone to humbly come to you saying like, Mary Lauren, like I cherish your friendship, but like I've been noticing this is just like keeps happening. It would be really hard to be like, you liar, you selfish. Like it'd be hard to like not respond <laughs> right. kindly to that. If she is clearly prayerfully humbled herself out of love, approaching you with gentleness to tell you something right. like 
it would be really hard to turn that person away. Um, right, to so, not listen. Right. And I think even for that person, even if they do get upset, just know that you've done your job. Yes. You know, like you've done what God called you to do, to have that hard have conversation. Yeah. To, you know, we're not called to be peace keepers we're called to be peacemakers and sometimes to be a peacemaker there might be a little conflict at the time but but god can work with all of it i think too like we're talking about friends but also i mean my first friend was my dad (laughs) and um he was so good and so quick to like call those things out all of the time like i mean he's my dad so he's supposed to like raise me but when i was doing something wrong or even not like explicitly wrong but just maybe like dishonoring or like like less noticeably wrong he would call it out and then it makes like it makes their affirmation so much sweeter too when they like say like hey i this is a great choice or like this is a great idea or yes. like hey you want to marry mary you want to propose mary lauren like that's an amazing idea like him saying that to me right meant so much more knowing that he is so quick to be like terrible idea you know yes. like hey like that that's not a, wise that is know? a great point because my dad's the same way yeah. like i trust him like you, you exactly. trust the person a hundred percent. Whereas I know other people, and I've probably been guilty of this. Like they'll always agree with everything, mm-hmm. but then you're like, "There are they just telling me that, or they're just not really saying because they're yeah. scared to hurt my feelings." You know? And we want to be. I want to be the friend that people trust, even right. if because I'm never going to be right all the time. But like at the very least, they'll know that like they can trust what I say. Right. Um, yeah. Somebody told me that about my dad, and I, I think about it more now that I'm older. But when I was in college, they. They told me they're like it was an older gentleman he he was very successful and he was like your dad is the only person i've ever met who's the same person no matter who he's talking to mm-hmm. and he's like i mean that as a compliment i don't meet many people like that and i'm like well, that's the new yorker and I'm, you know, <laughs> but it's like what, what makes you trust the person is that they're not going to lie to you yeah. they're yeah. going to be honest even if it hurts you and mm-hmm. sometimes it might mean in some situations sacrificing the relationship a little bit that's right. but i think again you just got to give it to god and and know that you know if God is working in their heart, then mm-hmm. it's going to strengthen the relationship mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Y'all, this has been so good. I think we could talk for another few days on this this conversation. <laughs> like I said, I wish Harry was part of it too because I know he would have some things to add to the mix too. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just so excited for you too. It's just everything's still ahead, and just really appreciate you having this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're the best, Carrie. Thank you. Y'all are the best. Mm -hmm. The future Hudsons. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Friends, thank you for tuning in today. I am so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoy this show, please subscribe wherever you listen and leave a ratings or review so that other people can find these messages too. For links to my books, my social media, and my new community on Substack, check out the show links. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.